All right, let's get started. Thanks everyone for joining once again. All right, where to start? Well, this was probably the craziest month we've had, I guess, due to the FTX fiasco. Um, on the more positive side, we've launched V2 and uh, we're still in the testing phase, but uh, yeah, that's also nice. Um, yeah, I guess I'll just get into the questions. And the first question is about V2. So White Turtle Bill asks, any updates to the V2 testing? How is the team liking the performance they are seeing from the pools already launched? Yeah, so, so far we've launched a sole USDC pool. We started with 200K of liquidity, and then we recently moved an additional 200K from the V1 sole USDC pool to the V2 USDC pool. So now it's like 400K or so. And uh, yeah, so far V2 has been working as intended. So there's been positive uh, market making profit regardless of price movement in one direction. And uh, now that we've been able to confirm some stability, we'll be doing some battle testing. Um, so Luffy has called this high leverage market making. Um, yeah, I actually just asked him this question right before starting this, so I wasn't able to get <laughs> more clarification on that. But yeah, basically we're gradually ramping testing up, um, but it's been good so far. And we also added a US sole USDT pool uh, just a short while ago. Um, yeah, which will help with testing. Always good to test on multiple pools, of course. And um, I guess one thing to note, because uh, I there have been times where V2 was generating like quite a lot of volume uh, for its liquidity. So just one thing to note is that V2 isn't designed to increase volume. Volume is more a function of like how much, um, uh, two, two factors. One is like how much trading vol trading demand is there, like retail volume basically. And then the second is how volatile prices are, because if prices are very volatile, that means there's a lot of arbitrage, which also increases volume for us. Um, so yeah, V2 is, uh, just to reiterate, it's about improving market making profit, which so far it has been um, doing, which is good, but it doesn't increase volume. Uh, volume is, yeah, more a variable that's dependent on the things I just mentioned. But yeah. yeah, it has generated good volume. <laughs> so, I mean, that's always a nice to have, of course. So yeah, that's the update on V2. Um, give me a second. Yeah, okay. All right, so next question, JSWIT says when, I'm not sure what, what that's referring to. I guess I'll just pass. Uh, By the News asks, or they have a lot of questions, which is cool. Thanks for all your questions. Uh, the first one is, is the whole team still working full-time on Lafinity? The answer is basically yes, except for Maki. Um, 
basically Maki's work, like the vast majority of it was upfront in designing the NFTs. And she's been creating content for us ever since, like when we do releases on Twitter uh, with an image or some of the uh, emojis and stickers on our Discord server. But yeah, not as much as compared to when we were going through the design process of the NFTs of flares. So yeah, I mean, I guess it depends on your definition of full-time, but yeah, basically everyone is. Um, I have no other job, if that's the question. <laughs> I just do Lifinity. Next question. How long can the team last with the funds you have raised? FTX didn't help. I'm asking this question to know if there is a, quote, deadline. Yeah, so with our current funding, we are good for um, two years plus, approximately. So, yeah, the FTX didn't help. It also wasn't like a giant hit. So I think it shortened our runway by like a couple or a few months. So, yeah. Not giant, although obviously that does suck. Next question, is the team planning to sell its Lafinity? It's hard to answer for the other members, but what is your plan, Durden, if you want to share? And do you know what the others are planning to do? Yeah, so I've been asked before, and yeah, back when I was asked, Lafinity was like 40 cents or something. And at that time, I said I would be at these prices and at this discount of X Lafinity. I don't remember what the discount was. 10%, 20%, something like that. I said I would be converting it to X Lafinity. So that is still the plan. I have not sold any, nor do I plan to. Um, yeah, I mean, and now prices are even lower in the... Arbitrage is mostly gone, or at least uh, the huge arbitrage <laughs> has mostly disappeared, but it's around levels of like where it used to be before the whole FTX thing. So yeah, no change for me. For other team members, I don't know what their plan is. Um, yeah, I don't know. Next question, do we know how to be market neutral? Where are we going to short the assets? Yeah, so we have a few options for this um, that we've laid out in the article. And since then, another idea we've come up with that we've been kind of talking about in the Discord server, for those that I've noticed, is that we could create basically something like vaults where users deposit a single asset Let's just use uh, Radium's Ray as an example. So people like you could deposit Ray and then we'll pair that with our own USDC to do market making and generate fees. And then there's like a few ways we could uh, make that work. One is we could reward 
Oh yeah, and I should mention that if we do this, we would probably want to um, set like a fixed period that people are lending their assets to us and not a like you can withdraw whenever you want type of thing. Um, this will make it much easier for us to do market making and not have to like make adjustments every time someone deposits or withdraws. So, yeah, assuming we have a fixed duration deposit, we would offer either a fixed yield on their assets, denominated uh, probably in their asset. So in other words, like we could say, we will give you 10% APR on your Ray, for example. Or we could say we will share X percent of the trading fees generated from our market making with this. And then of course you would also get your principal back. So if you deposit 100 Ray, you'll get 100 Ray back plus um, whatever percent of the trading fees that we promise. So those are two possibilities. Um, that, that structure would basically replace the idea mentioned in the V2 article about using Solens permissionless markets. It's kind of like the same thing, except that um, like the plan was to do permissionless markets, but have no liquidation. Um, so, so in other words, like it's basically just the same thing as having a vault. Um, so then just might as well have a vault on our own platform then rather than having to use an external protocol is the thinking there. Um, yeah. So there's that. Um, and then the other two options mentioned in the article are to use perps and to borrow on a uh, lending protocol. So we have a bunch of options. Um, ideally, the vaults, I think, would be best for us because they are the cheapest. Um, and we have like the most control over it. By which I mean, like, uh, say we short a perp, then the funding rate could get very expensive. Uh, it's going to fluctuate a lot. And uh, so there's that. And if we're bor borrowing an asset, the same thing could happen. The borrow rate could become very expensive. Um, yeah. And then also for those, we need collateral to open the short or to borrow the asset. And so it's not very capital efficient. And uh, yeah, the vaults solves those issues, which is really nice. The downside is that people need to trust us to use that product. Um, like they need to believe that we're going to give them the yield that we promised at the end of the borrowing period um because it's not it's not um guaranteed at the smart contract level um i guess if we did the fees if we did the fee model maybe there's a way to like guarantee it at the smart contract level 
but also like we're borrowing the assets for like at least a month probably multiple months and so those assets will be in our custody and then users can't willfully withdraw it right so yeah i think there there has to be a level of trust in that model and yeah that's the downside question is like will be people will people be willing to use that i hope they will so i hope um yeah my current thinking and this is just me personally um not sure what the devs are thinking about this yet because it's not the focus yet um but yeah my thinking is i hope we can at least try that first and see how much assets we can gather um and if that's enough then you know that'd be great even if if, if it's just for like a few assets that would still be worth it i think and then if there are assets that people aren't willing to provide, then we can look to perps or borrowing to cover those. Yeah, so that's my thinking right now. All right, um, next question. With the development of Pith, the arrival of new layer twos and ones, faster transactions, the fall of Solana, are you considering the idea of being cross-chain more than before? Um, we are considering going cross-chain, probably not more than before, as in, um, I wouldn't say we, we have lost any faith in Solana. Like, uh, Solana, the only bearish thing about its narrative is the significant fall in price and um, the connection with FTX in the form of um, Sam having a lot of soul tokens and also like the whole serum connection. Uh, Solana as an L1 has been as performant as it's ever been. Um, like the certain improvements to the protocol have been mentioned for months and they've now come to fruition and we see that they're actually working as advertised um, which is really great to see and yeah so i think solana will continue to improve both on the like as an l1 in the like basic infrastructure that makes it run as well as projects building on Solana, because there are so many things that can only built can only be built on Solana because of its speed and cheapness. Yeah, so the thesis there hasn't changed. So personally, I'm not worried about it. Um, yeah, I hope that answers that question. Oh yeah, but yeah, regarding cross-chain, yeah, so it's like something we are thinking about, but right now it's not our highest priority. Um, continuing to roll out V2 is our current highest priority. And in terms of cross-chain, probably like our highest priority chain. Um, actually, this is just like me talking and not the devs. Cause like I'm not a dev, so like their perspective might be different. But I would assume 
um, we would, we're looking like, like we're most excited about um, Nitro, which um, it is basically allows us to um, deploy Lafinity on Cosmos without having to make any changes to our code. And that's the key point, is not having to make changes to the code because uh, if we go to a different chain and we have to develop everything from scratch, it's gonna be very tricky to say the least. Um, but it's gonna take a lot of time and then also uh, like having to consider like the different uh, chain latencies and how that impacts our market making. Um, the chain is slow. Basically, it makes it easier for there to be front running and arbitrage. So we basically have to be more careful. And uh, yeah, I guess that part doesn't change when we port our protocol to Cosmos, um, in particular to SUI or SAY. God, I always confuse these two. <laughs> Yeah, whichever one it was that Nitro is building on, Sui or Say. Um, that chain is uh, designed particularly for DeFi. So, yeah, it's also designed to be fast and then, yeah, uses the Solana virtual machine. So, yeah, it won't, it won't be, like, hugely problematic like it would be if we were building on, for example, Ethereum, the L1. Um, although it might be easier on one of its L2s. But yeah, those are some of my thoughts right now. Hope that's, uh, that suffices. All right, next question. Now that you have more experience, are you still convinced that by reducing impermanent loss, providing liquidity is beneficial? What is your view compared to the beginning on liquidity pools, impermanent loss, etc.? Okay. Yeah, I would say basically my view hasn't changed. Um, yeah, yeah, basically my view hasn't changed. Like right now it's kind of tough because the market has been unidirectional since inception, basically. Like it's been a, if you look at um, like price action since our launch, it's basically like a straight line down. And that's tough as a market maker. Um, and some impermanent loss, I think, when markets are like that is like unavoidable. Um, so there's that, but yeah, like if we are generating more fees and we're incurring an impermanent loss, then that's a win. So yeah, my basic thesis around that hasn't really changed. Yeah, I hope that's a satisfactory answer. Or if you want to clarify more on what exactly you're asking or what you'd like me to talk about, I can elaborate. All right, next question. Are AMAs with all the teams I assume you mean team members. With all the team members ever planned, most people have a substantial or insignificant portion of their net worth in your hands 
and hearing from the whole team is always more reassuring. Oh, I love what you're doing. Keep going. Thank you. Thank you. Um, yeah, I guess we didn't have anything planned. I could ask them to come on. Um, I think you're the first person who actually asked. <laughs> but yeah, I can see what they think of that. So yeah, I'll ask them. Um, I should mention not everyone is as good at English as I am. So yeah, just for that very reason, some members would be precluded from joining, I think. <laughs> but yeah, otherwise, I can ask. All right, uh, Perito General asks, Mr. Durden, can you share how you feel about Solana DeFi going forward and some thoughts on the FDX effects and what's next? Yeah, let's see. How do I feel about Solana DeFi? So I do see that there's still a lot of innovation going on, like the types of protocols that are being built on Solana definitely seem different um, and than like the kinds of things you see elsewhere. I mean, not always. There's obviously like clones or like the same category, but I also see different stuff. I mean, that includes us as well. But uh, yeah, I guess the tricky part is how to how to get people to actually use your protocols. Like I see some cool primitives, but then also like they're sometimes they're like very niche, and so I'm not sure like whether there is demand for them. Um, like, uh, cause like early in DeFi, you know, all the usage started with liquidity mining and yeah, it's, uh, sometimes I have a hard time imagining, like, how does this protocol become popular without the use of liquidity mining? And yeah, sometimes it's, it's hard for me to imagine that i guess <laughs> unfortunately um yeah hopefully we see more creative ideas there but i guess at the end of the day like your protocol has to be profitable um either that or like you have to hide the fact that you're not profitable <laughs> just so that people use you um yeah so like, I guess, yeah, my summary is I see some cool stuff being built, but not clear to me how they gain adoption. I mean, it's like especially harder in a bear market, right? So yeah, we'll have to see about that. Um, On the FDX effects, Let's see. I don't know. I, I don't know if I have like, I don't know if I have anything more intelligent to say than like everything that's already been said. <laughs> yeah.
Like, uh, it really sucks. Almost feels obvious in hindsight. I mean, some of the stuff came out after the fact, but then some of the stuff, it was like, I've realized that it was out there in the open. Um, like, for example, that your deposits to FTX actually went to Alameda, for example, like their bank account, that is. And like, that was, you know, publicly available information, but like, basically never, no one took that into consideration, I guess. There's like a few other things like that, I think. Um, which is crazy, <laughs> or like feels crazy. Um, yeah, really kind of, uh, it definitely hurt the uh, Solana narrative, didn't it? Um, the association just feels really strong. Even though, in fact, like, it's not as strong as people make it out to be. Like, the main part is, like, the investment and how um, Sam slash FTX slash uh, Alameda had a bunch of soul tokens. So there's that, but, um, like, all the development on Solana, other than, like, the original development of Serum is, like, totally unrelated to FTX. I guess except that uh, like Alameda was in a bunch of funding rounds for a bunch of protocols, but yeah, like not really, I think. Were they in like the major ones? Actually, I don't remember. Well, they're in a lot, they're in a lot of things, but like the developers are st still here um, and that cohort is growing. Um, yeah, like overall still bullish on development on Solana. Yeah, I don't know, I'm not sure. I, I feel like I'm just rambling. <laughs> um, if you have a more like specific question, maybe I can answer that, but yeah. <laughs> All right, moving on. Epromino asks, is there anything from the recent Solana breakpoint that would be a potential improvement for the DEX? Um, you mean from like any of the presentations? Um, I personally didn't see anything. I haven't watched every video of the, pre of the presentations. So like, of course, maybe I just don't know. But, uh, yeah. Yeah. I didn't noticing anything. I didn't notice anything in particular. Yeah. Maybe you had something in mind when you said that? I don't know. Uh, second question. For V2 pools that will feature tokens such as Ray, what is your estimation on the percent trading fee sharing? I assume it's higher than 15%, but less than 50%. Yeah, you know, my <laughs> the the number that came to mind as a default was 50%. But yeah, not sure if that's going to be 
if that's going to be high or low. So let's see. Let's like suppose that the pool has a 20% APR. Then if we're sharing 50% of the fees, that means they're getting 10% uh, APR. Let's see. And is 10% APR sufficient on Ray? Actually don't know what kind of um, what kind of yields there are for Ray in DeFi right now. Like, I don't know if just lending Ray is going to give you better than 10%. Because if it is, then it's probably not viable, unfortunately. But yeah, I mean, I just, I just pulled the 20% 20 20 figure out of my ass, so I'm not really sure. Um... Yeah. Actually, yeah, now that I, I've thought about it again, <laughs> because uh, one of the huge problems with market making for Ray in V1 is that like it's a down-only token, right? Like constant liquidity mining. So the market making profit was like a huge difficulty for it. And... Um, yeah, with V2, that's going to be much less of a problem, if a problem at all. So, yeah, something much higher than 20% is potentially possible. But, yeah, I'm just not sure, I guess, at this stage. So, yeah, we'll see. But, yeah, I was thinking, like, 50%. Um, I like ultimately it doesn't matter what the percent of the trading fee is. It it matters like what's the APR that people are gonna be getting. And like that's part of the problem with the using the trading fees, right? Is that it's an unknown APR. And humans tend to like sure things. So, you know, they'd prefer to earn a 10% APR over a random APR between 0% and 20%. So, yeah. Yeah, so th those are some of my thoughts. Not sure how things will pan out, but yeah. All right, Lord Prinz asks, Hi Durden, can you share some preliminary results on V2 testing if possible? Uh, edit, sorry if this was discussed already, just tuned in. Yeah, I did say it at the beginning, um, and this is recorded, so yeah, actually it's like the first question I answer, like starting within the first minute of the recording, so yeah, you can just listen back to it later. All right, Ipromino asks, what is the verdict on Serum, the token? Will it have a sustainable value, or should we just close the Serum USDC pool as we did the SoBTC USDC? Some exchanges have dropped their listings of Serum. I wonder whether it will eventually affect the PIF price feed for the token. Yeah. Seems like it would affect the PIF price feed. Like, it'll be less uh, robust. 
because there's fewer data sources basically um but yeah i don't know what the verdict is <laughs> it feels like a really weird place uh, before i talk about that regarding whether we should close our pool or not i think we should just keep it open because we're not providing the liquidity for it so like as long as others are happy to provide the liquidity and like maintain their exposure to the token i think that's their prerogative and there's nothing that we need to do to like shut that down um and that's actually the same with our um solit btc pool we got rid of our exposure to the token but it's still open and somebody still has liquidity on it so yeah we're just leaving it open but yeah so the meta is really weird because now there's open book the fork of serum the community fork and that's gained traction i think most of the liquidity on serum has migrated to open book as far as i can tell looking at like the volumes on jupiter that's what it looks like um Yeah, and now there's like a bunch of discussion on Twitter about like whether whether an open book token should be created or not. And like if we do create it, what it would look like and stuff. <laughs> it's looking really messy. And uh everyone has their own interests um if you're a serum holder you definitely uh well I, the ideal case i think would be you wish that your serum tokens become the de facto tokens of open book so it's like the only thing that would have changed is um who has the admin keys and now it's a bunch of like major solana protocols that have that in a multi-sig or something I'm actually like not familiar with the details. And then, yeah, the, the token just remains the same. Um, but yeah, actually I, I made a tweet about this. <laughs> but in my, in my mind, that doesn't make sense because the reason people have Serum tokens is because like, for example, if you're an investor in Serum, you financially contributed to its development and were rewarded with tokens but the same people are not contributing to the development or funding of open book so why should they get tokens for that to me it's not clear um so yeah <laughs> Yeah, that's just my take and like, you know, who's going to listen to me for real? <laughs> um, so, yeah, I, I'm not I'm not sure what's going to happen, but uh, I think it's a huge opportunity. Like, op open book could be like hugely awesome. Or a, a total flop. <laughs> and I think the tokenomics can really like make or break that um like uh the the idea i suggested was just do like a airdrop to um 
past users of Serum. Um, the details are like not super important. And then that's the entire supply. It's just an airdrop. And then all the fees that Serum generates is used to buy back those open book tokens, the airdrop tokens. So it's like a closed system. It's super simple. Um, it's a total free market. Um, yeah. The I don't know how many other proposals there have been. The one I saw by Duel is like quite complex. Involves like minting tokens to the treasury and then doing options, selling options uh for those tokens for usd and then using the usd to do buybacks and it's using their protocol that was like vested interests by their own admission i don't know it's kind of complicated i think it'd be much better if there's like no centrally controlled supply um the downside of that of course is that you can't in incentivize development but like from my perspective, like the development of Serum was kind of dead anyways. Like not much was happening as far as I can tell. For the most part, like tokens were just being used as like liquidity mining on other protocols so that they would use Serum. And that's why like Serum was down only, just like continuous liquidity mining. Um so yeah, if you if you don't have a centrally controlled supply, then uh, you can't incentivize future development. But on the other hand, like I think that's a true test of like is Serum actually a valuable open source protocol? Like if there's no external incentives where protocols receive serum tokens to use for liquidity mining. Do people still use it? Is it a useful open source tool? I think that's the true test. And uh, yeah, it would be cool to see that happen, but honestly, I don't have too much hope for it. <laughs> like, uh, yeah, I think the temptation to just mint those tokens and hold it in a treasury is too great. But who knows? We'll see. Okay. Lord Prince asks, can you ex explain how the significant differences in market share of daily volume occur? Does this sometimes also have to do with rebalancing? Yeah, so when you say market share, I assume you mean like looking at Jupiter and seeing how much volume we have relative to other protocols probably especially Orca. If that's what you mean, um, the main factor is simply how much of the total volume is sole trading volume. Because our main pool is sole, and then our other major related pools are also like sole related, like ST sole, M sole, UXD, Sol, Sol USDT, stuff like this. Like it's mostly Sol. So if trading volume is dominated by Sol, then there's a good chance we will dominate. Um, or even if we're not like at the top of Jupiter, like we will have 
relatively higher volume compared to other days. But if trading is mostly in other shitcoins, so to speak, um, Orca has pools for all of them, basically. And uh, we don't. So in that case, yeah, they will be dominating the volume. Like a good example is like the other day, I don't know if you saw it, there was a day where USDH had like 14 million of volume while Seoul had, I forget, like something between three and five probably. And so Orca had like 16 million of volume and we had like, I don't know, two million or something. And I was like, whoa, what's going on? <laughs> and I scrolled up and then I saw like which tokens had the or which tokens had what trading volume. And then I saw the USDC, USDH had like 16 million of volume. And I was like, oh, okay, that explains it. So that's often a factor. Um, sometimes we have less market share because of like uh, pith related reasons. Um, like for example, during the whole FDX thing, um, actually, I'm not like 100% sure on this, but this, this is my understanding is that there is a, like, you know how Solana now has priority fees. So during that time, there was high demand to transact. And so many people were using uh, priority fees. And so their transactions got prioritized. Um, and then for those who don't know, the way Pith works is they publish prices on chain. So in other words, they are making transactions to put that data on chain. And if they get crowded out with priority fees, that means they are going to be late in publishing their data. And because we don't trade unless Pith has published in the current slot, that means our volume can decrease. So yeah, that can also affect things. Um, let's see, are there any other factors? Yeah, I think those are the main ones. Oh, actually another one is, um, so a bunch of our volume comes from arbitragers and some arbitragers stop arbitraging, or they stopped arbitraging when um, Binance uh, stopped deposits for US, Sol, uh, USDC on Sol or from Sol. Um, so at that time, our pools weren't rebalancing as fast as they usually do because these arbitrage trades weren't taking place as much. Um, Binance has since opened back up for sole USDC deposits. Don't know what the deal with that was. But yeah, that, that also can affect things. So yeah, those are some things that can affect it. Uh, not necessarily that was not necessarily everything, but yeah, some things. All right. Let's see. Just me one, two, three asks, would volume dependent fees 
volume relative to other DEXs on Jupiter be a play? Uh, volume dependent fees. Volume relative to other DEXs on Jupiter. Okay, I feel like competitors watch volume on Jupiter and drop their fees if they see low TVL DEXs like Lefinity capturing the highest volume. Couldn't this also further reduce and permanent loss? Yeah, so there is this thing where, especially new DEXs, because they don't have tons of deposits, they can't really compete with like Orca, especially without lowering their fees. Otherwise they just get like no volume. So yes, they do drop their fees a lot. Um, now is this long-term feasible and sustainable? I would say no, because basically you are like at too high a risk of, at, of impermanent loss. Now, obviously this like depends on your market making model. Like if you're a constant product market maker, then yeah, it goes without saying like you're going to die from impermanent loss, um, basically regardless of your fees. <laughs> um, but like there are models that are more sustainable than that. Like for example, I think Goose FX is probably a good example. They had quite low fees. Uh, what was it? It was like... Uh, what was it? One-fifth or one-tenth of ours or something like that, I think. And then uh, they have a mechanism to somewhat reduce impermanent loss, uh, but not ag as aggressively as us. And uh, <laughs> I feel like they may have realized this during the whole FTX thing because suddenly their volume like went to zero or near zero. So I assume they like withdrew liquidity because like impermanent loss was killing them or something. I'm not sure. Um, but yeah, so I think just dropping your fees really low just so you get volume isn't really workable. Um, Saber also did this <laughs> when we had our, um, uh, what do we call it? Our stable pools, our proactive stable pools. Yeah, because they saw that like we were getting a bunch of volume from that. So they just like lowered their fees to essentially zero. <laughs> that was a sad day. <laughs> um... Yeah, so like, I mean, Sabre can do that and get a bunch of volume, but like, okay, now you're not making any money. So it's like, uh, from the perspective of like trying to be profitable, it's like you're losing. I mean, they, they, they probably had like less revenue if they had just kept their fee the same as before. Even after we made our thing, they would have still made more. Like they made less by lowering their fee so it hurt them and it hurt us and the winner is traders i guess because they get low fees um but yeah some, some of you might remember like the uh twitter conversation we had 
I was like, volume is pointless. It's just a, it's just a meme now. <laughs> and Ian was like, no, it's all about, it's all about the volume or I don't know. I don't remember the exact conversation, but yeah, something, something like that. <laughs> yeah, I found it quite comical. Anyways, um, so for us, yeah, I don't think choosing fees based on volume is going to be good. Yeah, and in particular, volume relative to other DEXs. Like, there could be something where fees change with volume because volume is a proxy for volatility. When there's um, lots of volume, that usually means there's high volatility. And when there's high volatility, you should increase your fees. But yeah, that's that concept of volatility adjusted fees that we've talked about before and we are working on right now in parallel with V2. So yeah. Uh, yeah, so the answer is probably not. All right. Epromino uh, asks, will we have a celebration for 1 million Lefinity slash Xlefinity buyback. Yeah, I was thinking that. <laughs> um, yeah, because like uh, we are releasing 1 million to flare holders. And then so if we also buy back that amount, like that'd be fun. <laughs> so yeah, I have had that in mind. Although like, not that I have like a specific or a concrete idea for how to celebrate or anything, but yeah, we could definitely do that. K5, I like your idea about open book tokens. Thank you. <laughs> oh yeah, K5, I, I saw you on Twitter, I feel like. Maybe I saw you liked my post or something. Anyways, I promise Max, after the recent uh, MNDE voting, how far is the plan for developing the infrastructure to allow voting using VE Lefinity three months, six months, or way in the future. Yeah, so I think this is just a matter of priorities. And it also kind of depends on like what the community wants. Like how much do you want uh, token weighted voting? And if we do token weighted voting, do we want all decisions to be based purely on token weighted voting because personally i think that's not a great idea and uh vitalik or was it vitalik vitalik um of ethereum has a great um post on this on why like the shortcomings of token weighted voting um but yeah if the community feels like it's super important then like we could do that the reason we haven't so far is like or one of the reasons is like uh, first of all because like it doesn't really contribute to revenue generation and also because like we haven't heard huge demand for it like people have seemed uh relatively happy with how we do governance here and like it's clear that it's not perfect right like <laughs> Uh, voting in Discord based on 
rolls, if even that, is, uh, yeah, it's, it's not perfect by any means. And, like, I, I know I've talked a few times about, like, the, the benefits of doing things that way, because there are some, but yeah. Um, token, token weighted voting also has its upsides too, so. Um, so yeah, kind of depends on you guys. Uh, for us, like we're not in a huge rush to implement it, I would say, I guess for the reasons I already gave, but yeah, that could change. Uh, follow-up question. Maybe we should have more discussion over the quadratic or square root voting. Yeah, we could do that too. Um, yeah, I actually like those, those, uh, like, uh, vote counting methods. Basically, like, uh, you could say it suppresses whales. But, like, those aren't perfect either, of course, because, like, if you're a whale, and especially, like, this is viable on Solana, where you distribute all your tokens to many addresses, and just by doing that, you increase your voting power. Um, yeah, so it's not perfect either. <laughs> but I think it makes sense. Like, it seems better than um, just token-weighted voting, so... Yeah. All right, let's see how we're doing on Twitter. Uh, if anyone has questions on Twitter, I can bring you on stage. Just let me know. As for now, we've reached the end of our questions on Discord. Let's see. Trying to remember if there's anything, any other talking points worth bringing up. I guess the uh, X-Lifinity Lifinity pool has made bank <laughs> in the uh, past couple weeks. And mostly because like people looking to early exit. But uh, paying 1% fees in the process. Yeah. All right. Apromino has another question. Other than Ray, what other tokens would you consider creating vaults for? the upcoming V2 pools? Uh, a lot, I think. Um, basically anything that has a pith price feed and um, that is like hard to justify having exposure to. So like if there's still gonna be serum volume, actually I haven't checked recently, but yeah, I guess that might die down. 
but yeah, maybe serum. Like again, like if we don't have the price exposure, we don't mind market making for it. Uh, GMT, Fida, Mango. Um, maybe some other L1 tokens, like AVAX. Um, what else is there? I'm sure there's more. Um, but yeah, like I, I guess we could just go to the Pith uh, price feed page, see what they have. Should I do that? Let's see. Uh, Ipromino, you've mentioned like uh, some ERC20 tokens before because of the um, Neon launching on uh, Solana very soon and how some of those other protocols are probably going to launch through them on Solana too. So like maybe eventually Aave, for example. I'm just gonna like name a few, like without any, any, uh, any deep research. I'm just like looking at the pith price feeds. Um, Ada, although like I doubt there's like hardly any volume on Solana for that asset. Uh, let's see, Ape. I think that's the uh, Board Ape Yacht Club token. Also, probably like not going to be traded much on Solana, I guess. Um, oh yeah, we have like Atlas and Polis from uh, Star Atlas. Yeah, I think those would are is a good example of like hard to justify holding the token, but market making for it could make sense. Um, Adam, possibly. Let's see. Uh, BNB. Is there a BNB derivative on Solana? I don't know, but it's a it's a hot token. CZ crushing it, I guess. <laughs> um, C98 maybe they do a bunch of liquidity mining, so I guess there's like okay volume for it. Uh, Cope. I guess, although I don't know, is Cope like dead? I don't really know. Let's see. Doge. I guess uh, the wrapped Doge on Solana, was that a Ren product? And Ren was like saying they're shutting down their V1, you know, launch a V2 or something. So I don't know, maybe that. I mean, like when it's when it's Doge season, it's Doge season. So, <laughs> let's see. Uh, there's GOFX, which is the Goose FX token. I guess we could also do Orca. I think that probably has good volume. I would guess. Uh, HNT, or it says coming soon on the price feeds, but. Yeah, I, I don't know. Where do people trade HNT? Is it like on centralized exchanges? I would assume. Yeah, so I'm not sure about that. 
HXRO, maybe, although I assume it doesn't have much volume. Jet, also assume it doesn't have too much volume. Um, Matic, although, yeah, don't know why people would trade it on Solana. Uh, Mer or Mercurial. Um, port, Port Finance. Uh, Saber. I don't know. Does anyone trade Saber anymore? I mean, they're still doing like liquidity mining, right? Just like down only. I guess. Uh, Soland. Soland probably has like okay volume. Um, let's see. Yeah, so something like that. Those are some possibilities. <laughs> yeah. All right. Uh, and your follow-up, which would come first? V2 pools for GMT USDC or V2 pools for Sol ETH? Um, probably for Sol ETH. Uh, or, oh, actually, um, if you mean just like the pools where anyone can deposit probably gmt usdc um i'm not 100 percent sure about like how how the transition will work exactly i'm assuming it'll be something like like we're testing soul usdc right now then test soul usdt then maybe some of the staking derivative pools then at some point we gather enough confidence we're like okay now we can move all our pools to v2 and then gmt usdc will be included in that and then after all that uh we launch soul eth and then deposit our own protocol own liquidity and then after that we start borrowing gmt and providing liquidity for gmt usdc yeah GM White Turtle Bill. <laughs> Welcome. All right, Apromino asks, how would you check the volume for these less popular tokens? Would the 24-hour volume on birdeye.so be enough as a reference? Yeah, I believe so, because as far as I know, they cover all markets. Um, So... Yeah, I think that would include all the volume. Like we're just interested on, in uh, trading volume on Solana. So yeah, I believe that would cover it. Maybe even SoulScan, they might have, I wonder if they have a DeFi page for that where you can check volume for any token, I'm not sure. Yeah, birdeye.so is really good. Keeps getting better.
Promino is typing. For the upcoming token vaults for V2, you might want to refer to the lending rates on Tulip for their single token lending. FYI, it's not that high at the moment. Yeah, we'll have to look at Tulip, Francium, uh, Apricot, Solend, yeah, stuff like that. Um, yeah. More typing. I mean, I'd prefer getting a fixed rate APR and USDC for lending Ray than getting a floating APY and Ray. Yeah. Yeah, agree. I guess the tricky thing is, like, we're offering neither. It's like a floating APY and USDC, which is if we do the trading percent of trading fees, or fixed APY and Ray. Which is, yeah, if we offer, like, a fixed APY in Ray. <laughs> yeah, it's probably just one of those things, like, we're, we're just going to have to try it. See how people react. And uh, go from there. <laughs> Floating APY in USDC is good enough. LOL. <laughs> yeah. I mean, like, people in uh, crypto are mostly semi, at least semi-degen after all, so, yeah. Floating APYs are kind of the norm, so I feel like most people should be okay with it. White Turtle Bill asks, is it possible that Lefinity could offer U.S. equity pairs in the future with this fifth feed update? Yeah, I mean, so we are well positioned to offer that the question is always like who's going to trade it and uh i guess that's a tricky part but i mean like this this seems like an obvious eventuality right like it's so obvious that we should be trading stocks on chain <laughs> and not through these like centralized intermediaries um, it would get rid of so many inefficiencies. Um, but at the current moment, of course, trading volume just isn't on DEXs for stocks. Actually, are there even stocks on chain? I don't even know. First, you need like tokenized representation of stocks. 
first. So unless you do like um, derivatives, but yeah, derivatives are trickier. Um. So yeah, yeah. So we're positioned to do it. Like we could support it easily, right? Like we just buy the the tokenized version of the stock or borrow it or whatever, pair it with USDC and then open a market and then use the price feed. Like pretty simple, but yeah, someone's got to give us volume to make it worth it. So, and yeah, I, I doubt that we would be like the, the protocol to like start it all, you know, like, Suddenly, there's tons of people trading stocks on Lefinity. It's probably not going to happen. I'd assume it'd need like a huge marketing campaign. I don't even know what the angle would be. Like, how do you incentivize people to trade stocks on chain? Like, what's the upside? I mean, like, I know what the upside is for me. It's like, it's convenient, it's 24-7, don't have to deal with banks, all these kinds of things. But people who are into that kind of thing just want to trade crypto, you know? They don't even want to trade stocks for the most part. So, yeah, I'm not sure what the pitch is. But I think someone will eventually figure it out. And then uh, there will be like a stock trading boom on... Dexes, and uh, yeah, that will change things forever. Um, just reading what White Turtle Bill wrote. Obviously, this would be sometime down the line, if at all. Yeah, seems obvious to me. Just going to take time to move the sheep over. More GME and AMC moments. Just continue to prove how rigged Tardfy is. <laughs> Nice. Glad to hear you're already thinking about this per usual. Yeah. I mean, when you have oracles, there's like so many possibilities. So many things you could provide trading for. And uh, yeah, I mean, like Solana is like the perfect place for that, right? Like if you want to offer like a centralized exchange, um, type of experience when trading, then like, yeah, Solana is able to offer that. Um, yeah. I mean, it's not like perfect right now. Like uh, the user interface, like the best one we have is probably like Mango. I'm not much of a trader, to be honest. From what I hear, like everyone loves Mango and they have some uh, some some unique things. Like uh, I think you can enable an address that is not yourself to trade your assets but cannot withdraw your assets, for example. And then their user interface is like very similar to centralized exchange. So like you have all that. And then you have the the latency. It's like very fast. I mean it's not it's not high high frequency trading level but it's like pretty close 
Yeah. Yeah, so I think we'll eventually get there. Again, it just seems so obvious. <laughs> How could it not? White Turtle Bill says, need better key management and wallet solutions still, it seems. Yeah, totally agree. That is like the huge bottleneck. Like when I talk to my friends who are not into crypto or are only into crypto to the degree of like holding assets on a centralized exchange, like that's the thing, right? No one wants to hold their keys. It's just too much work. They like, some people like even like have offered me money to do that for them, which like totally defeats the purpose, right? <laughs> but yeah. Yeah, a solution in that vein would be awesome. <laughs> I'm still waiting. And I mean, like, even I'm like, you know, I don't love key management. Like, I don't, I don't love using a, a ledger. <laughs> like a ledger isn't like amazing UX. It's like, it's like the best we have right now, kind of. But it's not hard to imagine it being better, so waiting for that. <laughs> backpack, yeah. Well, backpack is, uh, yeah, in terms of a wallet, seems very interesting. Um, yeah, it's nice to have, like, DeFi apps in your wallet that you download. And uh, therefore, you know you can't be scammed you're uh not relying on the website um directing you to the to the right place and sometimes you hear about like uh like i, I don't have a deep understanding of this but like uh what do they call it spoofing i forget like basically like temporarily an address can be hacked so to speak so it sends you to like a wrong place and then uh yeah website spoofing something something <laughs> yeah that thing and then you know for a short amount of time some people lose some money because like they're not interacting with the smart contract that they thought they were um but yeah i think with the xnfts that kind of solves that at least is my understanding. Yeah, so that's cool. Back to Lefinity then. What's your prediction for the flare floor price for the end of 2023 in USD and in Seoul? Damn. I am like the worst price predictor. Let's see. So, all right. So we have a huge... 
69 soul for $20. <laughs> so we do have like a huge buyback fund right now. And appears that a lot of people are trying to front run these buybacks. And then the buyback bot slows down. <laughs> so, oh man, I, I need to check how, th how thick is the floor right now. Uh, let me see. Solanafloor.com. Okay. Yeah, the sad thing about Solana Floor is the data is no longer accurate. I think it only looks at like Magic Eden or something. Like I'm just looking at the number of tokens listed. It's 143. But if you look on our Discord, it's 221, which I think is using uh, hyperspace maybe. So, yeah. That's unfortunate, but let's see. Okay, looking at the price distribution of listings, we have 30 NFTs at the 12 to 13 soul range, and that's the thickest. Next thickest is 15 to 16. And we have like a thousand soul for buybacks divided by 12.5. What is that? Or D? No. Yes? No, wait. I'm bad at math. I promise I used to be better. <laughs> uh, 80. Right, right. <laughs> Alright, so it's like 80. So 80 easily blasts through these 30 at the floor. Um, but that's not including the ones listed on, uh, like Tensor or, uh, where else are they? Pay to swap. Yeah, not including those. And I don't know how many of those. So there's like an extra, like 70 or 80 on these NFT AMMs. And I don't know what price they're listed at. But let's assume that it has the same distribution as um, uh, what's shown here on solanafloor.com. Even though it's probably a little bit tighter because that's usually what people do on NFT AMMs. So then, uh, yeah, so it should still be able to blast through 12 to 13 soul. So I think... 15 soul would make sense. Um, but obviously, it also depends on like how many people are going to add listings. And uh, it's not inconceivable that there would be someone who like adds a flare each time the buyback bot buys one back, for example. And I mean, I have no idea about that. Anyways, I'm supposed to give a prediction. <laughs> Not financial advice, okay? My random ass prediction is 13.79 soul. You heard it here first.
<laughs> um, and then in USD, let's see, is Seoul gonna go up or down from here? I mean, I would hope it would go up. <laughs> but I think I do have, I tend to have like a bullish bias, probably. Like I said, I am not a good price predictor. So, but yeah, I guess I'll just go with my bias. So, let's say... Soul goes up a little bit, and then flares denominated and soul go up a bit too. And right now it's a bit under two hundred bucks or something. So let's say flares. My prediction for flare. Uh, oh wait. Oh, this is end of twenty twenty three. I thought it was twenty twenty two. Yikes! I'm like, I was totally miscalibrating. Like, the floor distribution doesn't even fucking matter for the end of 2023. Jesus Christ. Okay. Wow. Okay. 2023. So then the big question is, like, basically, has is the bull market going to return before then? Well, once again, my bullish bias would love to believe so. Um... Let's see. Okay. I'm just going to throw out numbers. I'm going to say I'm going to say 15 soul in flares priced at uh 275. Nah. 325. Okay. <laughs> God, why am I doing this? Why am I throwing out price predictions? <laughs> um, yeah, but these are totally uninformed, so please do not take them seriously. <laughs> Regardless, you heard it here first. Yeah, when I when it turns out that I am right, then I will take all the credit. But when I'm not right, I defer to my disclaimers. <laughs> That's my strategy. <laughs> Deal with it. Uh, hmm, hmm. Buying 50 NFTs would take you to 14 soul floor at the moment. Tensor is the best site. Fastest updates by far. Nice. Good thing we are listed on Tensor, I guess. Does Maki work full-time for the team? Yeah, so actually I kind of answered this earlier. Someone asked if everyone is full-time. So Maki does work for us. I guess it kind of depends what you mean by full-time. She definitely doesn't have as much to do as she used to. A lot of the work was when she was making the flares, and that's over. 
Um, so yeah, like she still does stickers and uh, like graphics when we make Twitter announcements and stuff, but yeah, I mean, like it doesn't take eight hours a day to to do that, so. She, so she's ready for more fun stuff to do for Flare Down? Uh, potentially. She uh, also doesn't get paid as much. Like, compensation is, like, related to how much time is put in. So, yeah. In case there was... In case... Like, you were wondering about that. But yeah, always open to more ideas for emoji and stickers, for example. My turtle bill says, still thinking about my interchangeable art idea from last time. Yeah, trying to figure out how that could work. Yeah. Yeah, there's, man, there's like so much that could be done. And it's definitely fun to think about. Always a question of how to actually do it. By the way, people on Twitter see some new faces, so I'll just mention, if you do have a question, happy to bring you on stage. Just raise your hand. Uh, White Turtle Bill says, yeah, that's the tricky part. Wish Elon would just enable dot .gif animated PFPs. Lol. Yeah, for real. When? That can't be that hard to implement, can it? Seems so simple. Yeah, Elon is rugging us. He's rugged us from the beginning. <laughs> or maybe it's our fault for creating animated PFPs. But if animated PFPs suddenly become possible on Twitter, then, like, we're ahead of the game. Like, boom. We got those. <laughs> Uh, my turtle bill says, think that's all I can think of for now. As always, appreciate all the hard work you and the team put in. Thanks, man. Appreciate it. And yeah, I, uh, I definitely appreciate all you're doing too. You are super active in the community and it's great to see. You. So thanks for always being there. 
He says, animated PFPs are the wave of the future for real, though. Ahead of the game per usual. Yeah, it does make sense. Like, uh... It's like, do you want pictures or videos? It's like, uh... Yeah, it's pretty obvious. <laughs> YouTube is popular for a reason. And it's not just a image site for good reason. Exactly. Dumb ape. Me dumb ape. Me like flashy movie images. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, don't we all? All right, well, I guess questions have seemed to quiet down, so we're going to call it for this AMA. Thanks, everyone, for joining. It's been great. Uh, special thanks to uh, By the News for, like, many questions all written out beforehand <laughs> that was that was that was dope appreciate that and thanks to everyone else too many of you regulars always chiming in with questions and uh yeah always active in in the flare dao the lifinity dao steven v shout out uh, I don't think I've ever seen you before. They say, hi, no questions, but enjoyed listening. Thanks. Great to have you. And uh, thanks for your comment. <laughs> it's always a pleasure to see new people commenting. Uh, seems like these these days when we do the AMAs, there's like at least one new person that like I've never seen before showing up even by the news, I don't recall ever seeing before, although I could be wrong. Suddenly just busts out all the questions. <laughs> and uh, now Stephen V says, long-term holder, occasional visitor. Nice. We, we love the lurkers as well. <laughs> all right, guys. Thanks for chiming in once again. And until next time. Peace.